It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! Did he get it? Here we go, our two full court press, Jason Walker and uh, some guy named Eric Franson. You may know him. What's going on? Been doing this a Happy while. Happy Friday. Yes, indeed. Happy Friday. One of my favorite accounts that I follow on Twitter is just a clip of, uh, oh, I forget the actor's name. He did 007. Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig, where he just says, ladies and gentlemen, The Weeknd. He, like, he was introducing the band The Weeknd. Right, just the way know, Saturday says, Night Live. It's just like, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> it's just like it's just uh, just a gif. Yes. Yeah. Just just amazing. I don't know if you follow that account. I see it every Friday. Somebody <laughs> somebody always shares it somewhere. And see, I follow him, so like I see it, I'm just like, oh, thank him. <laughs> so it 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 is a good Friday feeling. Uh, unfortunately, no Saturday Utah State game to look forward to, or maybe fortunately, depending on your <laughs> level of optimism uh, and pessimism yes. of this season. I'm personally looking forward to UNLV because I'd like to get rid of this feeling right but we do have you know friday high school football you know you have that to look forward to right and there's some big games tonight as uh if you missed this last hour you've got bear river at logan tonight a couple different ways to follow that game jason uh you'll be calling the game with josh anderson on kvnu 610 am 102.1 fm a video stream available of your broadcast on cash valley daily for those who want to follow the Bears, specifically Bear River, who's at Logan, uh, and emphasize the game is going to be at Logan. Re- other reports that the game may move somewhere else. They it's, got it worked out. It will be at Logan. It's news that has been changing. We said yesterday it will be at Skyview, but that was the latest news yesterday. Yes. In an but hour, as of it may this morning, <laughs> got, they worked it out. So for those that want to follow Bear River, the Bears will be on 104.9 The Ranch in Box Elder County, and we'll have a video component of our broadcast on CashValleyDaily.com with Clint Payne and Jardy Nesson. They do a great job calling play-by-play for the Bears, diehards for Bear River, best broadcast that you're going to find for the Bears. Uh, a couple other games that are going on, too, a couple of homecoming games. Ridgeline hosting Skyview tonight uh, in Millville, and that's going to be Dave Simmons and the Patriot Nick Zollinger on 104.5, the ranch in Cache County. Uh, it'll be here on the fan and video on Cache Valley Daily. Last but not least, Mountain Crest hosting Green Canyon tonight. That'll be Jake Ellis and John Olson on the call. And you can hear that on 107.7 KLZX, 100.9 Light FM, and video streaming on CacheValleyDaily.com. And each matchup has its own intriguing storylines. So um, it'd be tough to decide which game to really go to tonight. Yeah, it depends on what kind of style. Like I like said, the Mountain Crest Green Canyon, if you like 1920s football where the scores were 6-3 to three or 3-0, three to zero, you might like the low-scoring, grinded-out defense. One of the more enjoyable games I actually went to was a 6-3 game. I believe it was Mountain Crest Box Elder. And I think that was a Rocky Mountain kickoff game at Utah State. Mm-hmm. Enjoyable, low-scoring, but enjoyable. Lots of punning, though. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, that could be a little bit of a low-scoring game. Both teams uh, looking to get on track. You know, Green Canyon had an offensive explosion a week ago. Is that sustainable? Did they turn a leaf, or is that just a unique experience? Mountain Crest has struggled offensively the last few weeks. Can they get back on track? Uh, Ridgeline hosting Skyview. There's controversy surrounding the Riverhawks off the field with their football team. But um, they've been playing well since that event happened. And uh, number two in the RPI, Skyview, meanwhile, not like what they're used to in Smithfield. So that's a program, proud program, trying to get back on track. Will they be able to do it tonight? And then Logan and Bear River, um, you you get a a new coach at Bear River trying to change the culture there and improve some things. Uh, Bart Bowen at Logan hasn't been there too long and uh, really starting to make some big strides with his program too, picking up a really big win for them last week. So how do they build on that? How does Bear River respond to giving up so many points against Green Canyon a week ago? So a lot of storylines and intrigue in all of the games throughout Region 11 tonight. Yeah. By the way, I need to get me a nickname. You know, I got Hurricane John Newbold, Patriot. <laughs> I need a nickname, a cool nickname. Or, or give one to Josh. <laughs> give one to Josh. That would be amazing. Um, anyway, one quick text. Then we're going to get to a big uh, interview. That we teased this earlier. The interview that Eric Franson did by himself with Blake Anderson. <laughs> uh, nine three one five text and he says uh, you guys could do like the other station and have Aggie on the half hour like they do with the BYU. That's kind of our talk earlier about uh, other stations being the uh, only you know, only when they're in Logan or playing the Aggies should we talk about that other school. Yeah, well he's saying we could like do a half hour Aggie. I guess I'm not exactly sure what he's talking about because I don't have the reference. Mm-hmm. What he's referring to with Salt Lake stations, but anyway, so we want to play this this Anderson because it is a bit long. We want to get to it and then cut to a break and whatnot. But here is Eric Franson with Blake Anderson uh, earlier today. See if I can actually properly load the interview. Utah State football team in a bye week opportunity to get healthy, correct a few things, get on the recruiting trail, all of the above, uh, and talking a little bit more about it. Head coach Blake Anderson. Spending some time with us today. Uh, Coach, thanks for your time today. No, Well, bye weeks can be interesting where it, it can, for some, may look like it's a time to maybe sit back a little bit, but they can also be extremely busy with a lot of other things going on with recruiting and fixing areas of concern. Uh, what's the bye week been like so far for you and, and your squad uh, so far this week? Well, you just uh, you just nailed it. Man. All those things are happening. Uh, we have some injuries and guys that are beat up, we're trying to get healthy. We have obviously plenty of things to work on on the field right now to try to try to put a better team on the field. We're not playing very well in, in really any phase, uh, consistently anyway, spurts at best. And recruiting is a huge priority. I mean, we we took over a roster. We were able to we were able to kind of piece it together with what we could bring in for a year. Had a great season last year, but graduation hit us big. Graduated a ton of talent. And so the rebuilding process and making sure that we don't have that problem every year is about recruiting and development. And, and this recruiting class that we're putting together will be will be you know tremendously important, uh, as was this last year's class. So uh, you you don't really have the option of just focusing on one. You have to find a way to handle it all at once, and that that is a real challenge. 
what's your weekend going to look like this weekend? I mean, you don't have a game. Does your wife have a list of like honeydews that need to be done <laughs> as fall is wrapping up or, or approaching and this is the last Saturday she's going to get from you for a little while? <laughs> you know, tomorrow I will, I will be with the family. A lot of my coaches will be on the road watching games tomorrow. So unfortunately not everybody will get that opportunity, but today is, is, Watching recruits, watching, uh, you know, getting started on UNLV tomorrow, a day of kind of watching opponents that will will play in the near future. UNLV actually has a game tomorrow that we'll, we'll keep an eye on, and then we're right back at it on Sunday. So there's not – that list better be pretty short if there is one. <laughs> do you – when you have a, a bye week situation like this with an opponent coming up, do you prefer to watch them in real time, or do you prefer to just see the film – after the fact, and or it's abbreviated and sped up. Yeah, I, I kind of like both. I, I like watching in real time because you can see some of the personality uh, of the head coach and the play callers in, in in real time as it's happening. But to be able to go back and fast forward and rewind and and freeze frame things is it, clearly the best way to to make a, a game plan. I, I think you're, there's benefits of both and. You, you don't get one kind of without the other. So I think the progression of watching it as it happens is always good. Uh, it, it makes a lot more sense when you go back and watch it play-by-play. Uh, play. You, you get a little more context uh, of what is happening and maybe why. With the bye week this week, uh, I know there's, you know, the way this team has started, the season has started, there's several areas of concern that need to be uh, addressed and, and, and focused on. But from a coaching staff, what have you felt like uh, how that's been taken care of this week, and what do you feel like those are some of the key issues that need to be addressed with your team during this off week? Well, you know, we've been really transparent and, and honestly very, very uh, hard on ourselves. I mean, we'll start from us first, looking from head coach down, just where we can be better, uh, looking at what we're doing schematically. It doesn't fit the personnel that we have this year. You know, it doesn't really necessarily matter what last year's could do. Are we maximizing every athlete, every possible weapon that we have on, in all three phases of the game? Uh, are there some tendencies and some, some things we'd like to do differently? Clearly, as a play caller, offensively or defensively, you can always go back and say, man, I wish I'd have done something different. I mean, it's easier to call it after the fact than it is in real time. And then, and then just challenging, man, what, what, what do we need to do technically, a, a player for player, technically better, uh, how can we how can we be better? How can we continue to learn? So we have we have turned over every possible area of concern that we can. Had some really good practices, some very hardcore, difficult meetings. I mean, really kind of sit down and, and, and brutal uh, honesty in some areas about where we can fix things. And and then just from that point, all you can do is move forward, learn from the past, move forward, and get busy at getting better. Uh, we we've taken that approach in every area from head coach down to every player, and I think we've had a productive week. Hopefully, it'll show on the field next week as we uh, as we try to try to you know just try to put a better team on the field one week at a time. Uh, earlier this week, Kyle Van Leeuwen went to social media, announced that he suffered a knee injury. It looks like he's out for the rest of the year. What kind of yeah, a blow was that to uh, to your, that the team and that wide receiver core specifically? Well, that's huge. I mean, he just brings so much to the table. I know. Statistically, he hasn't had a ton of catches, but there's a there's a confidence level that I know the quarterbacks have in him. He's a, just he's one of those guys that comes to work every single day. He's not the only casualty that we face. Uh, Phil Paella, number ninety defensive tackle, transfer in from Michigan, 
also is going to have to have season-ending knee surgery as well. So we lost we lost two guys for the year. We were able to avoid the season-ending injuries last year. Most of the season, we were really fortunate to stay healthy. We've already we already had two at this point. I'm hoping these are the last. Uh, we don't have a deep enough roster at this point in our kind of year two of this. We're just not deep enough yet to sustain a bunch of those. Um, I hate it. You hate it for a guy to get himself ready and to work as hard as they do and then the season be taken away. We'll get surgery. We'll get them rehab. We'll get them back next year, and, and they'll impact you know, next season in big ways. But for now, other guys are going to step into those roles and step up uh, and, and and give us you know productive, quality snaps. What's that been like this week in filling those roles? Are any players specifically standing out as uh, taking that next man up that's going to fill that spot, or is it still kind of up for uh, uh, evaluation still? Well, we are definitely a work in progress. And I think, you know, there's there's a handful of, of new guys we brought in that are transfers or some young guys who are trying to move up the ranks and develop. And, you know, we challenge a lot of guys and, and, and try to look at, at several this week and create opportunities where, where, where guys can show, hey, I'm ready to take that next step and take on a bigger role. The more guys that we can put in that position, the better we are. I mean, we, we, we benefit from playing more than one guy at a position. The ability to, to chase the ball and play hard late in the fourth quarter, the taking kind of the pressure off of one guy is always, was always really helpful. And so we, we've challenged. I don't know that those guys have shown themselves yet. I, I would, it would probably be too early to, to tell you who that is, but time's going to tell. And, and in the very near future, some guys are going to be put, some new guys maybe that people haven't seen a lot, are going to be put in a position to impact the team and, and hopefully they'll do it in a positive way. Blake Anderson, head coach of the Utah State football team. Uh, last year, uh, coming into the season, you know there, there weren't very many outside of your team who really projected that you know, the Aggies would do much after the season they had in 2020. Uh, obviously, expectations were different this offseason coming into this, the start. Things certainly have been kind of stuck in uh, in a different gear, not really been able to engage that gear just yet. Uh, but after the events of this last weekend, has that kind of galvanized the team kind of like where they were a year ago, where it's kind of us against the world? I think a little bit. You know, we, we did come in with a little bit higher expectations from from outside. So you feel that pressure. You see it. I mean, it wasn't through the roof. We weren't picked to win the league, but we were – you know, we we got some top twenty-five votes. Uh, clearly, the fan base after eleven and three, you can't help but expect that you're going to just do, go do the same thing the next year. But man, as, as honest as I tried to be in in the preseason, we graduated a phenomenal senior class. The guys that were already here did a great job. I thought the staff brought in some phenomenal players. We plugged in and, and put together an unbelievable year. You don't you don't lose twenty twenty two key players like we did without some growing pains. Now they've been they've been tougher than we wanted them to be. Definitely tougher, I think, than the fan base expected. And so, yeah, the way this last weekend went, especially nobody wants to lose a game, but definitely don't want to lose to a one double opponent down the road. Although they did everything to earn it. I mean, you got to give them credit. They're they're a really good team that's going to win a lot of games and make a run in the playoffs. And they're well coached. They earned it. Coming out of that, I think reality sits in. Man, this this is not going to be easy. I don't think anybody should have ever expected that it was. We're only in a year and a half into this process, and to, to some degree, yeah, I got, all right, it's us against the world. We don't have a lot of confidence outside the room. There was a lot of uh, there's a lot of negative, a lot of people that have quit on you. 
I mean, the, the football world doesn't expect anything from you anymore. It's going to come down to what they believe, what they're willing to do, how hard we're willing to work. Can we be coachable and improve? And, and just one week at a time, go out and, and be better than we were the week before. So it's, uh, you know, that's, that's the reality where we're at. But uh, they're in control of where we go from there. And there was a, a great week of work this week considering what we've been through to this point, and, and they took the right first-step approach to getting better. The, the, through the first three games, it seems from the outside that the, the play calling is more conservative this year compared to where it was a year ago. Is that a function of the personnel that you have, players miscommunicating with each other, or just based on the opponents that you were facing? All of the above. I think all those contribute. Clearly, we didn't play a team at the caliber of Alabama last year. That was a game you had to be very, very smart about how you approached uh, handling that that game plan. It, it was if you watch those guys, if you hold on the ball for extended period of time, if you try to try to hold on and and, and push things deep, deep down the field. Typically, they they end with with not good results. The way we approached the beating UConn, uh, the running game was was something we really felt like needed to 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 take a step forward. And the way they played us with so much deep coverage and dropping eight into coverage, it dictated that we needed to run the ball well. You know, this past week we just didn't execute very well at all. We didn't we didn't win in one on one coverage. We tried to go at them in a handful of areas and didn't win. We didn't protect particularly well. Uh, we missed some throws, but we dropped some balls as well. You name it, it went wrong, and all of it. I kind of played into a very, very frustrating day. We've we've not played, uh, you know, we've not played very good ball in the first three weeks. We lost some key weapons that were were guys you knew you could count on all the time, and, and the fan base got used to seeing guys jump up over folks and make catches and, and and just do unbelievable things. We've got some talent; it just hasn't quite materialized on the field yet. Those are the growing pains of of a, a bunch of new guys, and so some of it's conservative play calling at times. Some of it's the defense that we're playing against. Some of it's what they're doing and, and, and kind of putting us in a position where we need to be conservative. Some of it's uh, situations where I'm giving our coordinator two plays to get the first down and, you know, trying to be conservative on the first call to set up the second one. And then we just don't execute. So there's a lot of things that go into to that. And we are, we're being critical on us too. I can tell you nobody more frustrated than, than Anthony Tucker he did a great job last year with the offense. He's he's taking the same approach as am I and our staff, and we're second guessing everything we do, going back and detailing it and dissecting it, and and trying to find ways we can be better well before we start asking anything different of the players. Coach, I got to be honest. One of the, the 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 statements that you made after the Weber State game that perhaps raised my eyebrows the most was you basically saying that we're this is a team that's struggling to find leadership. And after all of spring, fall camp, and now three games into it, that you're still struggling to find leadership on your team. Uh, has that been something that you've been able to address during this week? Well, trying to. You know, leadership in the weight room and leadership out on the practice field are completely different than a stadium full of 30,000 people and, and, you know, a scoreboard. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's just not the same pressure that are – that you can put on people when there's no scoreboard in a practice. And the fact that you get to do it over again the next day, uh, the, the weight room and running against the clock. And, and, and the, those are great places to see characteristics and, 
and definitely guys excel in those areas. But when it comes time to win and lose games, that is an environment that not everybody is comfortable. And not everybody's definitely not comfortable leading in those areas. And we, we graduated not just some great talent off of last year's team, but we graduated some unbelievable leadership and guys that had played a, t- a tremendous amount of snaps like Justin Rice and Nick Henniger and Shaq Bond and, and Brandon Bowling and DT and Derek Wright. And I mean, you, you know, Carson, Terry, you don't just plug in, you plug in physically bodies that are maybe capable of doing things in terms of an athletic standpoint, but true leadership in that environment is unique. And we were very, very fortunate to have a solid, solid core of leaders on both sides of the ball a year ago. And, and the fan base saw it. That's why we were so successful. I mean, when you have great leadership from inside, you have a special team. If the coaches have to lead, you're gonna, your best is going to be average or good. And so this group is still trying to find that in the course of going out and competing. We, we were really, really fortunate that that showed itself in game one last season. So far this year, some guys are still getting used to that role. It has not come easy. Uh, we're encouraging and really trying to identify, but that's not something you can create. That's something that comes uh, from inside and, and, and guys stepping out of their comfort zone and taking ownership of it. Hopefully that, that some of the conversations and things we've done over the course of the week and really trying to encourage it, hopefully those things will, will help us and you'll start seeing that materialize naturally and, and it will it will absolutely help the football team. It is hard to calculate on paper. It doesn't look the same as height and weight and speed, but it has an even bigger impact. I know there's a tendency for, for a lot of reasons to look to seniors to have that, to take those leadership roles, but sometimes leaders emerge in other uh, you know, classifications or younger players. Uh, has that process kind of shifted with you, or is that kind of remaining the same, just seeing who's going to step up? Yeah, leadership is natural. I mean, guys either have the ability and, and have that uh, it factor that, that people gravitate towards or they don't. So I, I think, first and foremost, you have to be in a position of credibility. You have to be doing things right on a daily basis and for, for you to have credibility with the rest of the guys. And then typically in this environment, there you you should be making some type of impact uh, on the team. But if you – if you are the guy that's doing things right and you do make an impact, then it doesn't matter what classification you are. Uh, it, it, you can have that type of personality that just people gravitate towards. So we're, we're, not, we're not sitting around waiting for seniors to do it. I mean, leadership's inside the locker room on both sides of the ball, uh, regardless of what their status is, is welcome. And, and it'll start showing. Hopefully sooner rather than later, it'll definitely impact our season and help us uh, just kind of continue to move forward in a, in a positive way. If, if it doesn't happen, it, it'll continue to be frustrating. It's just the nature of the game that we play. It doesn't happen without some true leadership on either side. Well, Coach, I, I, I honestly really, really appreciate you taking the time to you know, allow an opportunity for locals to hear from you uh, on some of the issues that are going on and, and uh, taking some time to uh, you know, address what's going on with your team. I hope you enjoy your free weekend, although it's not totally free. But uh, we'll turn attention to UNLV this next week. I appreciate it. You know, hopefully the fan base understands this is the process and the and the steps that are taken in a in a long term solution for for kind of rebuilding what we're doing. Man, just hang in there. We need your support more than ever. The guys do for sure. They feel it. Uh, we feed off the we feed off the valley and the fan base. And 
I promise there's nobody working any harder than the staff and these guys. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get there. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see signs. Your first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.E. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to seneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. All right, we're back on the Full Court Press right after the interview from Blake Anderson that Eric Franson had with, uh, yeah, Eric Franson had with Blake Anderson earlier today. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, that will be up on the 106.9 The Fan podcast feed uh, not too long from now. As we're getting ready to close out uh, our portion of the show, we'll have this week in the Mountain West coming up very shortly. Yeah. Quick reactions to the interview, though, Jason. I really like what he was talking about with leadership. That's a that's a big thing, you know, we're talking about kind of the nuances of leadership. Yeah. that that And I'm not kidding. That was one of the biggest eyebrow-raising statements that he made um, after the postgame. So... Go check it out online. We'll make it available here in just a little bit on 1069thefan.com and on the 1069thefan mobile app. This week in the Mountain West, coming up next here on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. 
I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerex finds your Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Drags the tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. Hey there, it's the week three edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Welcome into the show. Excited to take a look at the upcoming slate of action around the Mountain West Conference and to recap the entire week two schedule. Boise State play-by-play voice Bob Beeler joins to discuss the Broncos' first win of the year and gives us a look at the Broncos' upcoming matchup at home against UT Martin. Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun also stops by to talk about the early part of the season thus far as the Falcons have continued their winning streak and his thoughts on their duel against Wyoming on Friday night coming up in week three. But first, we'll take a look at the third edition of the Mountain West Players of the Week of the 2022 season. For the second time in his career, Air Force running back Brad Roberts claimed Offensive Player of the Week honors. Roberts turned in his best game with the Falcons last week, leading them to a 42-10 victory over Colorado thanks to his 174 yards and career-high four touchdowns on the ground in the win. Fake it. No, they gave it to Roberts, and he breaks it and goes in for the touchdown! Brad Roberts over the left side. And he just goes in virtually untouched. And the Falcons expand the lead. It's 19-0. Don't think this doesn't mean something to Brad Roberts. The 174 yards was the second most of his career. And eight of Roberts' 24 carries either amounted as a first down or a touchdown in the victory. Shea Suiaunoa of Wyoming was awarded as the conference's defensive player of the week after the sophomore linebacker recorded a career-best eight tackles, including a sack against Northern Colorado. Leading the charge in a 33-10 win, Suiao Noah also recorded a fourth-quarter interception and returned it to the three-yard line, setting up the final Cowboys touchdown of the game. Sermon to pass in his own end zone. He's hit as he throws, and he'll skip it. The ball knocked into the air. Cowboys say they have it an interception. 
for the season. Sui Aonoa is second on the Cowboy team in tackles with 21 and is tied for the team lead in solo tackles with 15 all by himself. He has three tackles for a loss on the year, including a pair of sacks, the big interception last week, and a very important pass breakup in the Cowboys' win against Tulsa. For the third time in his career and the second time in as many weeks, John Hoyland from Wyoming garnered Special Teams Player of the Week laurels by connecting on all four of his career-high field goal attempts in the Cowboys' win at home, while also punching home three extra points as well. Hoyland scored 15 of Wyoming's 33 points against Northern Colorado, and his trio of Player of the Week awards over his career is second among all active Mountain West players. Hoyland is also currently ranked number one in the nation in field goals made, averaging three and a third per game. He's also ranked sixth in the nation in scoring, averaging 12.3 points per game. He's made 10 of 11 field goals that he's attempted this year, including a career-long 55-yarder earlier in the season. And he's also a perfect 7 of 7 on point-after-touchdown attempts on the season thus far. And the Mountain West Freshman of the Week was given to New Mexico's Christian Washington, although the true freshman could have qualified for the special teams honors as well. The San Diego native playing at Albuquerque returned two kickoffs for a combined 131 yards, including a field-flipping 100-yard touchdown return, the 26th such return in conference history, and the ninth in the history of the New Mexico program. Washington became the third Lobo to win Freshman of the Week award honors over the last two seasons, and his was the first 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown for the Lobos since November 11th of 2017 when Elijah Lilly did it against Texas A&M. That was also the last kickoff return for a touchdown of any kind for New Mexico. All right, let's get into it, taking a look at the Week 2 recaps from around the Mountain West Conference. The first conference matchup of the 2022 campaign also kicked off the Week 2 slate from Albuquerque, New Mexico. After dropping their Week 1 matchup to Oregon State, Boise State took on New Mexico in their second straight road game to start the year. A motivated Hank Bachmeyer responded to being benched in the Boise opener by firing three touchdown passes, including the opening score of the game to sophomore wideout Latrell Caples. Empty set, Smith... Cobbs and Caples to the right. Bowens and Halani to the left. Now Caples in motion. He'll go to the left. Four-man line for New Mexico. First down at the 18. Bachmeyer gets the snap for Rush. Bachmeyer steps up in the pocket. Throws it to Caples. Made the catch. The 10 and sprints into the end zone for the touchdown. An 18-yard pass from Bachmeyer to Caples. And Boise State scores first. Leads by the score of 6 to nothing with 7 seconds played in quarter number 2. Bob Beeler on Learfield with the call. Bachmeyer hooked up with Caples twice for touchdowns in the game and a balanced attack overall for the Broncos included 148 total yards on the ground and a blocked punt returned for a touchdown in a 31-14 Broncos victory. In a front-range battle in Laramie, Wyoming down Northern Colorado 33-10 to move to 2-1 on the young season. The Cowboys rushed for 149 yards as a team and scored in every quarter, including three rushing touchdowns from junior tailback Titus Swen. Here's Reese Monaco on Learfield calling the first of the trio. Peasley will work from under center. He'll turn to hand to Swen. Big hole left side. Swen at the 10. Swen stumbles at the 5. Swen is in. That's a Cowboy touchdown. The Cowboys held Northern Colorado to 147 yards of total offense and just 15 yards rushing, while also forcing three turnovers and keeping the Bears to just nine first downs in the matchup. As mentioned earlier, the dominating win also garnered the conference's Defensive Player of the Week award for linebacker Shea Suiao Noah and the special teams honors for kicker John Hoyland. 
In their second attempt at their first win at the brand new Snapdragon Stadium, the San Diego State Aztecs left no doubt over the result in a 38-7 drubbing of Iowa State in Week 2 action. Preseason Special Teams Player of the Year Jordan Bird certainly made a case for the award in the win, running a punt back for a touchdown and adding a 53-yard scoring rush as well. Bird finished the game with 169 yards of total offense. Here's Ted Leitner on San Diego Sports 760 with the call of the 66-yard punt return for a score. No rush for the Aztecs, trying to get back on the return. Jordan drifting over, over, with a catch of the 35. First guy missed. He goes 40. He goes 45. He breaks with the secondary. He's so fast, you'll never get him. 20, 10, touchdown, Aztecs. The Air Force Falcons used nine different rushers to the tune of 435 yards and five rushing scores in a dominating win over Colorado by a 41-10 score at the Academy. Senior tailback Brad Roberts led the charge with 174 yards on 24 carries and three scores en route to the conference's Offensive Player of the Week award. Roberts became only the 11th player in program history to amass 2,000 career rush yards, and the Week 2 win was the 11th time that he's recorded 100-plus yards on the ground in just 19 career games with Air Force. Check out Jim Arthur on the Air Force Sports Network from Learfield with the highlight of Roberts' finale of the game, a 46-yard scoring rush in the fourth quarter. Roberts at fullback. Gets it on first down, breaks a tackle at the 40, 35, 30, middle of the field, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Air Force! Brad Roberts, his third touchdown of the afternoon. Air Force won their sixth straight game dating back to last year, while also scoring 30 points for the sixth straight game as well. The Falcons are 2-0 for a second straight year and put their streak on the line in Wyoming to open conference play Friday night of Week 3. The matchup is an intriguing one with Air Force entering as the top-ranked offense and defense in the Mountain West so far, while also sporting the nation's top rushing offense and fifth offense overall. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have scored the third most points in the Mountain West thus far, while also garnering multiple Players of the Week award in a dominant game against Northern Colorado, ending a two-week stretch of good play heading into a rivalry matchup. And we're joined now by Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun. And coach, you told my colleague Nate Kreckman at Media Day that your team was a wait-and-see proposition. Did you guys recovering from a lack of availability for spring ball? Two games in, your offense rushing for over 500 yards a game and your defense allowing a mere 13.5 points per game. So now that you've seen it, what's your evaluation of this 2022 Air Force team so far? Well, Matt, I, I, again, you know, we're just, it's going to take some time. I mean, we got some moving parts, um, you know, and they're just, we'll make some new discoveries as we go along here, I think, especially during these first four or five games. And hopefully what it does, uh, you know, we'll learn, we'll get better, and, uh, and then we can play some competitive football later in the season. Yet uh, we work really hard. Uh, we've had good effort, and we will have good effort. Uh, certainly we have a really, really difficult schedule as we move forward, yet uh, that's part of being at the Air Force Academy, too. And what's your approach to preparing your guys to go out and play in soaking wet conditions like you dealt with last Saturday in the win against Colorado? Well, I don't know if there really is a way you can do that living in Colorado just because there aren't that many days where uh, you get drops that fall out of the sky. Uh, we do try to soak footballs, uh, try to find the oldest, most bloated, fattest, baldest balls we can and um, uh, make them slick and uh, and yet even then we still have some work to do when there's a miscue like a fumble at the goal line when you're going for points like you experienced last week those are the kinds of turnovers that can really be demoralizing or crowd deflating how do you coach your guys to put it behind them and move on to the next play well I think one 
Um, if you have no ego, you realize mistakes happen. Uh, the other part is uh, that's why you have teammates, and uh, no, nobody's perfect. And, you know, try to learn from what occurred and uh, carry it, you know, and, you know, a little bit better. And how do you do that? As I think you practice just in terms of the technique and, uh, and good, solid fundamentals. And, and, and the only thing you can do is go to the next play. I mean, regardless of what just happened, um, try to digest, make it a, a learning experience and move forward. Does it mean anything extra to you or the Colorado-based kids on your roster, like Conference Offensive Player of the Week Brad Roberts, who had a career game when your team beats a school like the University of Colorado in an in-state matchup? Well, it's that game's long gone. You know, I mean, I think you know, you you, you kind of look at look at the film and um, you know build on the things that you did well and want to correct some, you know, make some corrections from the mistakes. And I, I, I right now, no. Uh, does it maybe in 10 years or 20 years when these guys have a reunion and hopefully they invite Coach Calhoun, then, you know, yeah, then maybe it does. Yes, sir. And lastly, just t touching on Saturday and the feelings that you had after, you've now won 113 games as the head coach at the Air Force Academy in 186 games that you've coached their total. What goes through your mind when you stand with your players and the cadets for the playing of the third verse after a game? I, I, you know, just inevitably what, what hits the most uh, in your heart, uh, you think of, you know, obviously you, 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 it's a verse that honors those who serve uh, in our armed forces and specifically for our Air Force. And I, I think especially of those that have made the ultimate sacrifice and and for those that are deployed, you know, that are away from their families and uh that's kind of one of the neat things in terms of the context or perspective that's provided by playing that for the the, uh, the third verse at the conclusion of a game. And obviously a different student section at the academy than at most other colleges in the country. What does it mean to you and your players when the cadet wing is there for you for the entire 60 minutes being loud and cheering you guys on to victory like you had against Colorado? Oh, they're marvelous, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Truly, it's one of the neat things about being able to look across there, and they're all in their uniforms, and they have plenty of spirit, which we'd want in any future officer. Uh, and and yet, more than anything else, I think it just puts in clear view uh, why you're really at the academy, and that is to help young men and young women um, become future leaders and, and good officers for our country. You guys had to Laramie on Friday night to play Wyoming to kick off week three. What do you have to do to get your team prepared to play a Craig Bull coach team year in and year out? Well, they, I mean, they're good. They're really, really good. Uh, I think especially when they play at home, uh, they've had excellent players. They have darn good players again this year. And, uh, and they've really done a fine job of being able to add to the roster uh, via the transfer route too. And so, uh, this is always a very difficult matchup for us. Just they're they're good sized. Um, you look at some of the players they've had over the years. You know, I think uh, they had a quarterback named Allen that was really really good. A defensive end named Granderson that was outstanding. They sure have had two darn good inside linebackers. They have another one this year. Um, this is a really really tough matchup for us, and it's probably I want to say it's apples and oranges, but I mean you look um, just. Uh, you know, for us and all the things our guys experience at the academy, I mean, we just we got to have a heck of a week of practice and uh, go up there and play hard, and that's how you make it a competitive football game.
One of the things that Wyoming has done well so far this year is force turnovers through their first couple of games. What are some of the things that you and your coaching staff are going to focus on in practice this week to avoid those costly turnovers? Well, you hope, you know, hopefully, you, you, you know, you, you're committed that way. I don't think it's something just all of a sudden you can do in a given week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the emphasis that you have fundamentally, uh, it, it, it's every day. And, um, and and you know that that's God, that's a must. I think especially for the amount of ball handling that we uh, that we have that's involved in our offense. And lastly, Coach, we're only two weeks into the season around the conference. But as you look around the Mountain West, what stood out the most to you about the Mountain West Conference so far here in 2022? Just how competitive it's going to be every single week. And uh, you know, you look here in recent years. Uh, I think what's most impressive is how our league, our teams, they get better and better as the season progresses, and that's why I think we've been so strong uh, for the teams that have been able to earn a postseason bid. Thanks to Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun as the Falcons take on Wyoming in the conference's first game of Week 3 on Friday. Boise State play-by-play broadcaster Bob Beeler joins us next on This Week in the Mountain West. This is Brady Hoke head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan. Cache Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cache Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM 1390 AM and online at 1069thefan.com. This is Andy Oblos, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Coming off the call of Boise State's 31-14 win over New Mexico in the Mountain West's first conference matchup of the year in Week 2, Boise State play-by-play announcer Bob Beeler joins us now on the Week 3 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Bob, thanks for stopping by. And we'll start with Hank Bachmeyer. The quarterback was benched in the Week 1 loss, but the veteran responded in a major way in the win in Week 2. Was it as night and day as it seemed between the first two games of the season for him? Yes, it was. I mean, Hank's been a starter. I think he started 26 games, and, you know, the game at Oregon State was the worst of his career. 
Uh, I, I likened it to a starting pitcher. Uh, sometimes a starting pitcher, even a Cy Young winner, you know, just doesn't have it. You know, they're they're pulled in the first or the second inning, and that doesn't mean that you know five days later you're going to trot them out there and expect you know good things from them. And that's exactly what the, what Hank delivered. A solid game. I, I'm sure he thinks he can play better. I know he can play better, but he you know completed uh, 16 of 27 for 170 and. And three touchdowns, and then yesterday uh, we were hearing from the coaches that you know one of the things that he does well is getting Boise State to the right play. There were 66 offensive plays. He changed 26 of them, and all 26 of them they viewed as him making the right call. So uh, yes, I, I think Hank played well on on Saturday or excuse me Friday at New Mexico. Do you think that opening the season with back-to-back road games for the first time since 2011 had any impact on the Week 1 loss, followed by a much stronger performance in a conference game in Week 2? I don't think the schedule, as far as the fact that these were road games, made a difference. Oregon State was good. I mean, you know, you look, they beat Fresno, and, and they've looked good doing it two games. So, you know, I think Oregon State deserves some credit for the game. The Boise State play its best game against Oregon State? No. Um, you know, one of the nice things when you, you know, when you do get two road games to start the season – You've got uh, six of the next ten at home. So Boise State's one and zero in the conference. Uh, they won a division game at New Mexico. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you know. I don't think you know having two road games really affected much. This team played. This team, quite frankly, played better last season on the road than it did at home. Latrell Capels also had a big game in the win against the Lobos, and he's already outpaced his catch total from last season as a whole in two games this year, a couple of touchdowns in the win against New Mexico. What's been the biggest difference in your eyes between his freshman year and here in year two? Well, I think it's mainly that he's just getting on the field. And I think that's a lot of, you know, when you look at younger guys, I mean, we had, you know, Khalil Shakir last year that's now with the Bills that had 77 catches. Well, 77 catches have moved on to the NFL, so that's a lot of opportunities for people. Billy Bowens, I think, he's got five catches this season. He's a senior, but he's a guy that hasn't had a whole lot of runs. Steph Cobbs is somebody that played. He was the number two receiver last year for the Broncos. Uh, Davis Cutter is another guy. We saw a nice 47-yard catch from Cole Wright. So I think for this Boise State team to be good, uh, they've got to get a lot of contributions because this year I think the wide receiver room is going to be by committee. I don't think we're going to see somebody with 77 catches this year. And the last thing we'll hit on on the New Mexico win, Ashton Jonte and George Halani combined for 139 yards on the ground on 32 carries for the Broncos. How important do you think it's going to be moving forward to maintain a balanced offensive rushing attack overall? Well, in, in Coach Avalos's uh, tenure at Boise State, which is last year and this year, if they get to 140 yards rushing, they don't lose. So that's uh, sort of been a magic number. And, and I kind of think that, you know, they got over the 140-yard threshold as a team. Uh, Palani and Genty are a nice one-two punch. Um, I, I think that you've got to have two running backs, and, and I think that, that the line, you know, is, 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 is a work in progress every year. You know, it seems like somebody gets hurt, you know, in missing games. Like, we haven't had the same line in either of the first two games, and either of the first two games wasn't the projected starting lineup from the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's a tough position to play. So I think all of that needs to come together. But I saw a lot of good things out of the running game, and it really got better at New Mexico as the game went along. And now looking ahead to the Week 3 matchup against the Skyhawks of UT Martin, which areas do you think Coach Avalos is going to want to focus on the most against an FCS opponent? Well, I think this team is better than a lot of people think. They're ranked. They're 16th. 
I, I think it's the getting after the quarterback because I think their best offensive player is Dresser Wynn, who is their quarterback. He's thrown for over 3,500 yards in his career. He has a four-year starter for the Skyhawks. They got six sacks against New Mexico. I don't know if we can get six sacks against UT Martin, but I think the idea of getting pressure on Dresser Wynn is going to be the thing to focus on because, you know, they've got some good receivers and some good running backs, but uh, don't give them time because if they have time, they'll do something. And lastly, Bob, how has the team reacted or used being tabbed as the preseason Mountain Division favorites as bulletin board material? I know it always raises the expectations externally. How have they gone about it in the locker room? Well, I mean, this team has been favored just about every year they've been in the Mountain West to win the division. So I think it's it's kind of business as usual that, you know, Boise State has high standards. They expect to be at the top. They expect to get every team's best shot. So I, I think the fact that, you know, this is exactly what they expect. I mean, not to say that they don't think they're going to have a hard time, you know, a big challenge in winning the division, but, you know, their goals are to win the division and win the, win the championship playoff game. So I, I don't think that that being picked first is anything different than they would expect. Thanks so much to Boise State play-by-play man Bob Beeler from Learfield. When we return to the final segment of this week in the Mountain West, we'll take a look at the week three slate of action around the Mountain West Conference. This is Craig Gohl, head coach of the University of Wyoming. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. Back to school means back to massive laundry piles. Get a washer that can handle your busy laundry schedule. Head to Daryl's today for a deal worth your time. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance, and we have a GE front load laundry pair with a 4.8 cubic foot washer and a 7.8 cubic foot dryer for only $17.96 for the pair. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance, service and sales west on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Join Three Peaks Medical Plaza at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan for their grand opening this Saturday from noon to 4. Bounce houses, drinks, food, and a chance to win amazing prizes. 13 different medical specialties in one state-of-the-art building. Ascent Aesthetics is a modern, full-service medical spa helping you to be your very best. Fortitude will help support your mental health by strengthening relationships and navigating life's transitions. Go to Three Peaks Plaza. Plaza.com for details and links to all medical specialties. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204. Today. See store for details. Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, your station for local sports. This is Brent Brennan, head coach of the San Jose State Spartans. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. 
The Week 3 schedule around the Mountain West Conference kicks off on Friday night in Laramie in just the second conference matchup of the young season as the 2-1 Wyoming Cowboys welcome 2-0 Air Force into War Memorial Stadium. The Falcons look for their third win in a row to start the year. Their six straight victories dating back to last season is the third longest active streak in the country behind Louisiana and Clemson. The only conference game of Week 3 gets rolling at 6 p.m. Mountain Time Friday on CBS Sports Network. Saturday's slate begins just off the Las Vegas Strip at Allegiant Stadium as the Rebels of UNLV host the Mean Green of North Texas. This rematch of the 2014 Heart of Dallas Bowl kicks off at noon Pacific on the Mountain West Network and the newly minted Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network locally with yours truly on the call. Andy Avalos and the 1-1 one one Boise State Broncos take on the Skyhawks of UT Martin out of the FCS's Ohio Valley Conference. Boise State won 63-14 in the only other all-time matchup between these two teams back in September of 2013 in a game also played in Boise. 2 p.m. Mountain Time start from Albertson Stadium, televised on FS1. At 2 p.m. Pacific time, Jay Norvell looks for his first win at the helm of Colorado State, trying to put an 0-2 start behind him on the road at 2-0 Washington State. Mountain West teams have won 16 games against Pac-12 foes since 2019, and the Rams will try to make it 17 at Martin Stadium in Pullman, televised on the Pac-12 network. After a midday lull in the Mountain West slate of action, 2-1 Nevada heads to Iowa City to square off against the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's the final non-conference game of the year for first-year head coach Ken Wilson and the Wolfpack, and he'll try to overtake a sluggish Iowa offense that scored just 17 total points through their first two games but allowed just 10 so far on the year. Quarterback Nate Cox leads his troops against Iowa at 6.30 Central Time on the Big Ten Network. 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff between New Mexico and UTEP in Albuquerque on Saturday. Mountain West reigning freshman of the week Christian Washington marked the first player of the week honor for the Lobos so far this year. However, it's been the defense that's led the way for Danny Gonzalez's team this year. New Mexico's 218 yards allowed per game so far is the best number in the Mountain West this season. After the first ever win at home at Snapdragon Stadium, the 1-1 one one Aztecs of San Diego State travel to Utah to take on the 14th-ranked Utes. In a matchup between former Mountain West opponents, San Diego State looks to add on to their five-game road winning streak, which is tied with Air Force for the third-longest active mark in the country. This 8 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff gets going from Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City on ESPN2. Mountain West preseason Offensive Player of the Year Jake Hayner and the 1-1 one one Fresno State Bulldogs have likely the toughest test of any Mountain West team in Week 3 as they travel to SoCal to take on the 2-0 USC Trojans at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Hayner will try to extend his streak of a touchdown toss in at least 21 straight games dating back to October 14th of 2019. This is tied as the third longest stretch in conference history. Carson Strong of Nevada and Fresno State legend Derek Carr hold the league record with a touchdown pass in 26 straight games while Hayner is currently tied with former TCU Horned Frog Andy Dalton. Fresno State goes for the upset at 7.30 Pacific in a nationally televised primetime game on Fox. And in the final game of Week 3, Timmy Chang looks for his first win at the helm of his alma mater as Hawaii takes on the visiting Dukes of Duquesne, traveling from Pittsburgh for 6 p.m. Hawaii time kickoff on Spectrum and the Team One Sports app. That'll do it for the Week 3 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest scores, news, standings, and highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at vmw.com. I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy Week 3 of the Mountain West Slate of Action. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.